Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, Twins. 8 o'clock pregame. Oakland A's 835 first pitch right here in Newstock 830 WCCO. Uh, joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Joe Vavra, former hitting coach for the Minnesota Twins Detroit Tigers. The American League right now, the average average is 235. Uh, as they say in the old school, that, that ain't very good. Uh, why? why? Why are the averages so low now? And does that matter at all? Does that make it less entertaining, more entertaining? Uh, is it about long ball? And, and yet you're seeing philosophically Cleveland has decided to play small ball. And they're hitting 292 as a team. The Twins are now somewhere in between. We can't quite figure it out. Last night they played small ball. Some nights they're trying to hit home runs. It's hard to say. Um, and you can't really do that by feel. You can't just say, oh, tonight we're going to hit home runs. Tomorrow night we're going to hit singles. But uh, it's interesting to see that they've come to some moderation and, and some kind of a hybrid there that we're not quite sure exactly how it works. Uh, Joe Vavra has seen it all. He saw the evolution of this game. He saw it become a... And, you know, four-seam fastball and swing as hard as you can. And, and and I'm not sure what the end result is on that, but he joins us now. Joe, always good to visit with you. How are you, my friend? Hey, Mike, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, always good to talk to you. Uh, as, as you've watched the evolution of this game and, and the swing from the heels, and now it's seen, do you see, are more teams dialing it back a little bit and saying we, we can't live with the home runner? What, what are we seeing here? You know, I think so. It's going to be, I think it's going to cycle back. Uh you see more guys uh, toning it down, choking up, going the other way, um, and then you you got the guys that physically are so uh, you know they're so used to trying to put everything they got into every every uh, swing that they really can't tone it down, and they're going to be the same type of guy. So once you once you learn that and you become pretty much pull oriented, you it's really hard to slow that bat down, and, and uh, then you basically have a kind of vicious cycle with all the different clubs doing it. And game kind of looks ugly for the old purists that want to see on base percentage and they want to see batting averages and they want to see guys uh, put the ball in play. And they're tired of seeing guys, you know, walk back to the bench with runners in scoring position because they struck out looking. And you know, I think it's going to cycle back, but uh, it is what it is right now. It's just the weighted the base hits are weighted differently. Well, okay, so 235, the average average for uh, is pretty low for the American League. Uh, that means there's a lot of frustration, a lot of players heading back to the dugouts, whether they you know flew out, popped out, struck out, grounded out, whatever it is, it's not fun. Um, what does that do to the psyche of a player, or do they not measure themselves anymore by batting average? Has that all changed? Well, there's there's a whole lot more analysis going into it. You know, everybody's hard to pull out. You know, they try to read the pitchers on you know, their probability of what they're going to throw in certain counts. And it's a lot of information. I mean, uh, 
we had a lot of trouble with uh, you know minor league guys coming up and and then uh, you know trying to remember certain counts and you know go through the whole counts with certain pitcher and remember what he's throwing in, in those counts and you know and then they got to look at the little card at the end and it really kind of takes away from just playing the baseball see the ball hit the ball have natural ability so they're so they're trying to kind of pre-calculate what's coming up and then they're going for it they're just swinging all you know swinging hard as they can to just try to get the end result so so what you're saying is that you might sit him down beforehand or somebody might sit him down and say okay you're facing justin verlander tonight if the count's two and one and there's less than two outs and guy on uh, first and second he's probably going to throw you this and, and and that all sounds fine right because you want the probabilities in your favorite but now you're sitting in the box and you're going now what was it they said about verlander two and one two outs slider i mean i mean is, is that what's happening to some of them yeah, exactly. Well, the starters are easy because you know you 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 kind of know that what their habits are. The bullpen guys are a little bit more challenging to try to figure out what they, you know, what pitch they like to use in certain counts, higher percentage. And, you know, I, I usually try. I try to simplify it. The more I knew, I think the dumber I got as a hitting coach because I tried to instill upon the players everything that I knew, and it was really hard for them to to grasp it. You know, rather than you know, let's. Let's let's do this in this situation. This situation presents itself here. What are you what are you going to go up there looking for? And then you get two strikes. You got to choke up, put the ball in play, and then uh, just you know live with it. Live with that at bat. So um, it's just it's just different right now. Joe Vavra is our guest, former hitting coach for the Minnesota Twins and Detroit Tigers. Uh, I talked to Rod Carew during spring training, and we were talking about different philosophies. And obviously, it's uh, in, in stark contrast to the era that he grew up in and the, and the philosophical beliefs that he had as a hitter and a hitting coach. But he made an interesting point to me that I hadn't thought about, uh, Joe, when we were talking. And it merits at least consideration because I think it's an important piece of you know uh, of what you want sports to be about. He said, we're eliminating the small player from the game. We're eliminating the 5'9 and 5'10 kid who can make contact, and we're discouraging him from playing baseball. We have a tough enough time getting kids to play baseball because there used to always be a spot for anybody. It, you, there, there was something you could do. Could you put the ball in play? Could you, you know, you're a punch hitter, you're a power hitter. Either way, there's value. You can do something that creates value for the team. And his concern was that we're discouraging too many kids. You know, and you look at some of these. I mean, I don't think people really realize this, Joe. You do. I mean, you look at a few years ago, Baltimore's infield. I think they didn't have a guy under six three or six four, and they're not far from that right now. Even the Twins. I mean, what's Kepler six four? Buxton six two six three? Korea six three six four? Sano six five? I mean, I mean, it, you don't realize this, but it, it, it's become a big man's game, and and that's not necessarily good for our kids growing up. No, it's always been a sport where any size, you know, you can, you can fit on the ball field no matter what size you are. You have something to present, you know, it might be a great glove and speed and others might be a bat and some guys are bigger and might be a little power. But there are there are quite a few guys that have, you know, tried to dial it up a notch. You know, there's there's the Mookie bats. You know, there's a lot of guys that aren't that big that really can, can generate a lot of bat speed. You know, Atlanta's got a couple guys there they're pretty small and they they do the job i mean you know i i think there's still room for that it's just it's really challenging when, when uh, all these little guys are trying to they're trying to hit like big guys uh from you know little league on up and uh, it just doesn't equate for them down you know they start getting to high school and, they, and there's a lot of swing and miss going on they're not going to get looked at too too uh, unfavorably by uh 
you know, college ranks and professional careers as well. Well, a few years ago, you were there. I mean, Brian Dozier hit what forty-two home runs as second baseman. If you and I were growing up, you said you can get a second baseman hit forty-two home runs. You'd say, "Who in that? Is Rogers Hornsby coming back or what?" Uh, he did that, and he had a good year. But I, I, I categorically, I don't know if you considered a great year uh, the way things all turned out. But, but, but that's when I said, "Boy, there's the turning point because Dozier learned what it takes to stay in the big leagues." Right? Absolutely, absolutely, and. You know, he knew what his weakness was, and he attacked his weakness. Uh, he knew that high fastball that challenged him up because that's when the game was kind of changing the strike zone. It was going from a low low strike zone to, to mid, mid, well, I guess, uh, belt line to a little bit higher than the belt line. And then, uh, you know, so the, ump, uh, so the uh, strike zone went a little higher. And uh, guys like Dozier, that a little small, you know, <laughs> they're down a little bit. they got to get on top of that. They cheat, got challenged up top quite a bit and he made the adjustments and uh you know balls up in the eyes he used to go pretty far now byron buxton when he bats leadoff uh you know sometimes you want your leadoff guy to go deep in count so people can see it but that, that's not the theory with him is it, it, it it's the first good pitch you get you take your best rip right i think he's learned over the years you know, he's got he's got tremendous talents and um i think he's just learned what he can do and what he what he's really good at, and I think you know his his approach right now. Obviously, is working for him, so he's staying with it. And he's having success, and you know if uh, if they pitch out of the strike zone, he's he's way more disciplined than he used to be. So he gets himself some pretty good counts. Carlos Correa is um, coming back here shortly, uh, maybe as soon as tomorrow from from his injury. But uh, you've seen him more than we have. You played against him. What, what do you see from him as a hitter? Well, you know what? He's he's been that guy that's been able to handle the bat. You know, he he's been able to go uh, all ninety degrees, go sideline to or foul pole to foul pole, and um, and yet, you know, when he played in Houston, of course, that left field porch is pretty, uh, you know, pretty pretty enticing, pretty short, so yep. pretty yeah, enticing. So you know, you're able to try to get the head out and just kind of pull it. So, I, but I think he's really good at, at different ballparks. I don't recall what he hit you know, home versus away. But I think he's pretty good because, you know, as far as him staying up the middle, going the other way, he's pretty good at that. So he's one of those guys that can, you know, he's just got that ability. He's got that bad ability. So that's why that's why he's a marquee player he is. Now, now last, the, the Twins are playing at Oakland tonight. And, and, and the reputation of the Oakland ballpark uh, is, is, is a strange ballpark because it's, it's, it's one of the few, you know, real football stadiums that's used as a baseball park as well. But but on the on the damp nights in May, the ball's not going to travel much at night has always been the theory. Do you adjust hitting to, to ballparks and weather conditions, or is that thinking too much for your player? It's kind of thinking too much for the most part. Uh most guys, you know, they get they get kind of fooled because you go out to Oakland and it's sunny out there in the afternoon and the weather is a little bit warmer and then all of a sudden that game time temperature comes in and coolness comes, the ball doesn't travel and you kind of get – a veteran understands that and, uh, you know, guys that have good bat ability, they, they can move that ball around pretty good and have success out there. A lot of foul ground that always comes into play. That always carries for a couple, three more outs in a game. But I don't think the, the approach – I don't think we tried to get anybody to really change the approach, you know, based on what the weather is going to be at game time versus uh, batting practice. And how's your son doing? Well, Taryn has, uh, he, he started out great in Norfolk. He's, then he kind of had a, a hamstring injury that he's nursing along right now. So he's been on the shelf for a few weeks here. So hopefully he'll get himself back here in the next couple of weeks and get going again. Yeah, dad's got to go out and watch some baseball. He needs to get healthy. 
Yeah, that's for sure. I, I got the Gophers game on now. I got one, you know, Trey's assistant at yeah. the Gophers. I got to watch that. I'm watching that game. They're playing Omaha tonight, yeah. Yeah, and Tanner's there because Omaha's in their conference, so he's watching them with, you know, via, um, you know, sitting in the stands because he's scouting them for St. Thomas. So, <laughs> uh, he's trying to get a one-up on them. But anyway. Good. I'm glad to hear there's no lack of baseball conversation in the Vavra House still. <laughs> you know, I try to I try to stay out of it. They, they talk amongst themselves pretty good on a daily basis, which is great. And then they tie me in. We all talk every day, but they tie me in. We don't we don't get into a lot of theory and stuff like that. They they're pretty good about understanding how the game should be played and which way they need to go and how they how they need to grow in it. You know, with the, the current trends and everything that's going on within the game. Joe, appreciate it very much. We'll tap into you again soon. But always good to visit with you. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Joe Vavra, hitting coach, Minnesota Twins, Detroit Tigers. He mentioned he's got one son playing the minor leaguers. One, one's coaching at the University of Minnesota, one at the University of St. Thomas. How would you like to, how would you like to be that, at that dinner table? Huh? Just pass me those muffins. You know, this muffin reminds me of the curveball I saw last night. The guy was spinning. Speaking of which, speaking of food, I got fooled. I got fooled. And I should be a veteran enough, old enough, have seen this enough that um, that I did my homework going in, and I, I should never get fooled on this. And I was. I was fooled, and I was fooled in a big way. And I regret it again, and I'll probably do it again sometime in my lifetime, but I was fooled. And I just hate it uh, when this happens to me. I'll explain what that is when we come back. You know, we were talking about downtown Minneapolis, downtown St. Paul earlier, and as is my want, uh, if it's nice out at least, I always try to, uh, between where I park and where I go eat and all those things, I, I'm walking on Nicollet Mall a lot, and, there, and there's a lot to, uh, you know, I've seen a lot over the years there, just a lot of stuff. And um, today I was walking, and a guy was uh, had a stroller with his baby and his uh, wife or girlfriend, I'm not sure which one, and he said to me, hey, remember I met you last uh, summer, and I just had my baby with me. And he still got his baby with him, and his baby's now 11 months instead of uh, six months, whatever it was, I don't know. And, and he said, uh, remember I was telling you about how my girl had some problems? And so I was raising this child by myself. He said, well, he, this, is, this is my girl, and she's out. And, and I assume of some sort of a, a rehab facility. And, uh, and he said, we're good again. We got the family together. And it all came back to me because there was this, this man uh, in this stroller with this infant kid. And the the kid was as cute as you could get. And so we started talking uh, on Nicollet Mall there. And, and he told me about the situation that he was in. And I just, I, I like wanted to give him a hug because he's trying to raise this kid by himself. And then mom is now back in the picture. And I met her tonight. And it's like, wow, sometimes there are happy endings, you know. Sometimes it is. It does work out, at least for now. Who knows how long, but at least for now. Uh, before I went to break, Tubbsy, I said that uh, I made a, a huge mistake. It's a mistake that I've made before. It's a mistake that I vowed I'd never make again, and then I've made it. I can't believe you'd admit to making I mean, a mistake. I, and and this isn't this isn't stuff. college and the sorority dance thing, okay? Okay. That's a different story. Oh. Um, but here at the here at the – I'm at the radio station. 
Okay. And 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 I go to the kitchen. And I'm heating up my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And from time to time, as you know, people will leave food, or they'll make food, they'll make extra food, they'll just leave it out there. It doesn't happen as often as it used to. Was it like out on the counter? Is that where it was? Yeah, or or was above it the microwave. Mic- yeah, it was above the um, uh, microwave in this case. Okay. And basically, it's their way of saying, "Hey, you know, help yourself." I was making whatever, and you know, here it is. Or okay. you know, if it's, it's Halloween candy, things Ooh, like that. Boy, that's you know. a, that- Right, it doesn't happen very much. We hardly have anybody that comes in this building anymore. But it yeah. used to happen more frequently, and it did the night. There were cookies. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's that's not bad. Then. No, and then okay. someone grabbed one cookie. I can see they're homemade because they all got different shapes and forms. So I can see they're not bought in a store. You know, uh, cookie cutter. They were made with love. They're made with love. Yeah, you can see because you can tell somebody made these. Right. Yeah. Okay, here's the critical mistake that I made. I made uh, it before. Uh oh. Are there are there still cookies before we get? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's what I need. To but do. let me just give you the word. Uh-oh. Now, it depends on your taste, okay? Okay. Okay, I thought they were chocolate chip cookies, which I love. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. You did not make that mistake. They were raisins. Oh, God. Oh. They were raisins. Yep. No. Yep. Gross. Yep. And I'm walking back, and I thought, you know, and, and, and now you see them, and at first I thought, oh, man, I don't know if I should have a cookie. Or and they go, yeah, I'm going to have a cookie. Now you're looking forward to it, right? So you grab it, and, and I've got my cup of co- I wait for my coffee to heat up because yeah. I, I want to have one with the other, and uh, let's make this symbiotic and all those things. And I'm walking back, and I'm almost in this newsroom. I take a bite, and I go, Oh no, that's not what I. That's think what is. that noise was. Yeah, that was it. That's what it was. Yep. That was, that you was that shriek of a raisin cookie. Oh man. Yep, and I'm, I'm sure that people that like raisin cookies are going. Well, I got no problem with that. I do because I, I hate raisin cookies. You and me, but I love chocolate same chip page. cookies. You and me, same page. Okay, so so I have no problem if I know it's a raisin cookie. I just okay, I won't eat it. Yeah. But when I think it's a chocolate chip, it's like a double whammy. So did you? So you took a big bite, and then you yes, realized because I, I could see the chocolate chips in the middle, uh-huh. and I wanted to get to those. You in the wanted first to get bite. to that right? Yep. Okay, yep. right you're off the top. Nibble, you're not a nibbler. Well, sometimes I am, but I, I had to come back on the air. So I okay. said, I got to get to that chocolate chip. I got you to satisfy what I need satisfied. Right, and then I'll work from there. Right, I'll nibble after that, but I need to get to that chocolate chip, which was mm-hmm. kind of the middle of the cookie. So I took the big bite, and I go, Oh no. It's a raisin. Uh, see, who would do that? Like, I don't know, Who man. hates I, us I, yeah, enough who, to who, make who, raisin cookies? Yeah, I know. I mean, they don't even know us anymore. We work at night. I we don't even know here. the people that work during the day. Max and they sent us up. They probably got a camera up there somewhere. That's I, I wonder if Steve Simpson did that. Where? I, I, won't, I won't do that. I'm nice. Okay, but I'll find out tomorrow morning. I will yeah, find out who did that we, because we there a, are things. That, okay, there are things that okay, it's funny, ha ha ha. I got you, got you. That's just me, but not to those extremes. No, that, that you, is, you don't that do is that un- to coworkers that, is that you work for. with. You know, even if you don't like us, you should respect us enough not to put. And you know, you know that they knew that well, I would that doing. I would think it was a chocolate chip. They cookie. knew what they're doing. They, they knew they, exactly they, what they were doing, and that's why I don't trust the daysiders. They were. They were baiting the hook? They were, man. And, and that's why I don't trust the Daysiders. I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm saying I don't trust them. You, you, like, you, you go like look. Them. Go look at those cookies. And just, okay, as you're walking up, if you don't look really close, you tell me if oh, you no, think no, it's no. a chocolate chip or raisin I don't, I don't even want to go near them. I, I, just, I don't I'll, blame you. I'll put on a, a 95 mask and go by and I'll like Ugh. special. Cont- I'll get on a hazmat suit and throw there them away go. before I yep. even like, yep. oh, gross. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you for falling on the sword. I fell on the sword you for all of us. But sword, let me tell you, somebody's got a price to pay tomorrow morning. Where, you know, I used to do stuff to Ron Sharon. It wasn't nearly as bad as this. Yeah. When we come back, he's the starting pitcher for an NCAA tournament team, a local team. Oh, yeah. He's in his seventh year of college. He's been playing baseball all seven. How could he? We'll explain when we come back. Welcome back. Twins in Oakland, not far away. Baseball edition of Sports to the Max. 
because we've got some good baseball stories here. Eric Newman will pitch for his team. First round of the NCAA tournament coming up at the end of this week. He plays for Crown College. And he pitched his team. Uh, to uh, Not just him, but he threw the big game and deciding game. And, uh, and here he sits. He's a uh, Buffalo native, Buffalo, Minnesota, that is. And he is now in his seventh year of college, still pitching. How about that for a factoid? He joins us now. Eric, thank you for joining us. Mike, Max, how you doing? Good. Now, now tell me, I was talking to you earlier today. Take me through this. Game. You started out going to Crookston, right? Yeah, that's correct. I, so you uh, go to, you, out of high school, school, you went to Crookston to play some baseball, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And, and take us through how you end up at the seventh year. Uh, you know, it's not an easy journey, but, uh, uh, it's one that few make, but I registered my freshman year there and then I ended up playing two seasons there. Okay. So you played two seasons. So you're a junior, but, but you had played, you're a sophomore eligibility wise then, huh? All right. Excuse me. You're a junior going into your next year after three years. Yeah. Academically I was a junior and then I was a sophomore, uh, athletically. Yep. And so, yeah, after that, I, I transferred over to Crown, where I was, uh, I guess, I think I was still a junior, actually, because not all my credits transferred. Um, and then I was a junior athletically and played that season, 2019. Okay. Then 2020 rolled around. I was a senior, and that season got cut short due to the I pandemic. got you. So 2020, you're heading into what you think is your senior year. And COVID hit. So, so you, you, you worked out, you played as much as you could play. And, and some teams got a few games in, but we cut it short, right? Yeah, I think we got about six games in. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, our, our season actually got canceled mid-game, which was uh, a lot of fun. Mid-game? <laughs> yeah, mid-game. Well, like, where were you uh, playing? What happened? What were the circumstances? Uh, you know, our athletic director, you know, as as things were kind of unraveling with the pandemic our athletic director called our coach and said uh you got to get these guys back on a plane and get them home like right now huh yeah <laughs> and i mean it didn't happen right now we were stuck there for like two or three days down in florida but it was uh not a bad two or three days to be down in florida no yeah you know, what the heck you got nothing better to do is you're just gonna have to wear a mask when you get back here or down there what's the difference right yeah exactly and there we got to sit by a pool so it was pretty yeah. nice <laughs> So, so you go through that, but but the year doesn't count against you, right? Yeah, athletically, it did not count against me. It's your fifth year of school, your fourth year of competition, but your fourth year down doesn't count, right? Yeah, that's correct. So now you can come back and play last year, but you get a free year on top of it, right? Yeah, I came back 2021. Um, but yeah, athletically, that did not count towards my eligibility. So then I was able to come back uh, for a seventh year. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I mean, I, I suppose there's a few people that threaded that needle in all of this. Uh, but you, the only thing you had to do was you, you've already graduated a couple of years ago. So so you had to go find a master's degree, right? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I did graduate in 2020 with my bachelor's. And then uh, I was, you know, I was determined to keep playing ball. And I was, you know, pursue my education even more. So I was like, why not get a ba- Why not get a master's? And so that's what you set out to do. And there's a certain criteria you have to meet, right, in terms of classes and courses to be eligible, correct? Yeah, you know, you still have to have uh, be considered a full-time student, which I believe it's two uh, classes a semester. They kind of do it weird. Uh, at Crown, they do it in mods now, so it's uh, 
to be like four a semester. But uh, and then you have to maintain a 3.0 GPA. But you know, through it all, we did it, and we just uh, finished our sev- my seventh year. So, so, so you will leave there with what a, a, a bachelor's degree and what a master's degree. What, what, what will it look like when you're done here? Uh, so I do still have to take uh, about two more classes for my master's. So I'll be taking some courses this summer and finishing it up. We well, should apply for some kind of a hardship and see if you can get an eighth year. <laughs> you know, uh, there's been some jokes that I can. Uh, I, I'm almost I a doctor, but <laughs> okay. But but on top of that, you've had this special season because Crown College is going where they haven't been before. What has this been like the last few weeks? Uh, you know, it's it's been really unbelievable. I mean, a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, because we were in the running to uh, have the best record in conference, but unfortunately, we didn't make it. But um, you know, we, we won the one that matters and that's the UMAC, uh, championship. So it's been, it's been a whirlwind of emotions and, uh, it's been really exciting. You threw that last game. What was that like last week? Oh man, that last game. I mean, uh, cause I threw the first game and I threw 127 pitches, Whoa! only six innings. And then, you know, I come back on a day's rest and not even a day's rest. Cause I was still thrown between games on, uh, that Friday just in case they needed me. Yep. Um, but yeah, then I come back and I throw a hundred and I want to say it was either 54 or 64 pitches. Whoa. And yeah. You're never going to play in the big leagues. They won't let you do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They'll kick you out of it. If you, but in between, by the way, you also played a couple of amateur baseball town ball games with your home Buffalo team. They let you DH, right? Yeah, the Buffalo Bulldogs, they were kind enough to let me DH. I did not I did not pick up a ball that day. Uh there's some disputes about my at bats. I mean, I do believe I did get a hit. Yep. Um but I did uh I did sort up twice uh some brutal embarrassing strikeouts. Okay, well, we'll work on that once we get through the seventh year uh, in the tournament coming up. What are the players now now uh when I saw you this afternoon you said, you know, I'm not the only one uh, that that might have a gray hair or two. You, you've got a lot of guys in that 23, 24-year-old range, huh? Yeah, there's quite a few. Uh, Bailey Sarto, our third baseman, he's in his seventh year as well. He he registered at a JUCO as well and kind of took the you know the same path as me. Um, a lot of uh, there's quite a few fifth-year guys too. Um, you know, everybody's got their own path in life, and uh, you know, ours just kind of happened to take us through seven years of college baseball, and that's. That's okay with me. You're 25 years old, though, and, and do you realize, are you able to put into, into context uh, the difference between being an 18- or 19-year-old freshman and a 25-year-old? Because those are huge growing years and maturity years. I mean, you just understand yourself and the game so much better. Oh, yeah. You know, I think about it back to when I was a freshman at Crookston, and I, you know, I thought I knew everything about yep. anything, and uh, not the case at all. Um but no, you know, just to just to grow like that as a college ball player and you know as a man in general, it's it's been a lot of fun. And I have you know just the game of baseball to thank and all these coaches. Um, I, I I really just can't even put it into words just how just how grateful I am to be honest. Yeah, so no regrets, right? Uh. Maybe a few, but you know, none worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. But 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 what you're saying this this has not been a. It's a path less traveled, but it's not a bad path to take. 
you know it, it, yeah not at all i i would uh i would do it all over again and, and who do you play in the first round uh we play webster college okay and that's in st louis is it yeah i believe so and also bethel is gonna be in yeah the, same, same bracket right yeah and, you, and you're gonna throw game one on friday I am going to throw game one on Friday. Yep. Oh, That'll be fun. And then when you get done, whenever it's all done, uh, you apply for Social Security, right? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, I got a I got a nice 401k that I can <laughs> get, so. Roll that over, man. Tell those freshmen that, right? Yeah, start investing your money now, kid. All right. Hey, great stuff, Eric. Uh, congratulations on your success and your unique story. Uh, we'll put it to TV on Thursday night as well. But thank you so much for giving us some time. Congratulations and, and good luck. Enjoy every minute of it. Hey, thank you so much, Max. I really appreciate you having me on here. You bet, Eric Newman. Seventh year college baseball for Crown College, and they're playing in the Division Three uh, NCAA tournament this Friday. Great stories coming out of this stuff. Take a break, come back. I've got some more good stuff for Tubbsy here that I haven't even used. You're saying, well, you must have used up all your good stuff tonight. Believe it or not, I have not. <clears throat> when we come back. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Tubbsy, I told you I'm not all over these uh, primaries and stuff, but it looks like Dr. Oz is having a tough time tonight, huh? At least early on. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's behind me here. So. He's at 23% and the, and the leader's at 32%. Hmm. Politics, tough game. Yeah. Tough yeah. game. I don't care what your name recognition is going in. Tough game. Yeah, and I hear that uh, uh, Kathy Barnett, I hear that she's got a little bit of steam, okay. and it looks like she's like uh, four points behind in the primary. I, I think the two that are kind of on everybody's mind, number one, Dr. Oz in yeah. Pennsylvania, but I also think Madison Cawthorn in North Carolina yeah. is also one that people are keeping an eye on. Other than that, I don't know, yeah, kind of like you're saying, I don't know if people really have any interest in these unless it's local, but... Yeah, I mean, Dr. Oz, I mean... It's Dr. Oz. It's, I mean, it's, he, yeah, it's, it's he's on there. I don't even know why, but he's on every magazine cover for like two years, you know? Yeah, I, I don't... I don't yeah, know if you buy I, yourself on those or what, but it's like, what more can he tell me, you know? Yeah, I, I but, don't know. He's, he's he's on TV and he says he's a doctor, so... And he, and he made enough money that he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. So, sometimes you can buy yourself that public. Sometimes you can, yeah. Now, I was watching, I stumbled across on Netflix last night, um, okay. uh, a uh, Mitt Romney documentary about when he ran for president in 2008 and 2012 and i hadn't seen it before so i just clicked on it and i ended up watching most of it and um it's kind of behind the scenes now obviously you know he probably had full editorial control because it, it focuses just on his family as they go through this process and um his wife who has been diagnosed with ms mm-hmm. he's got five boys and um and they're 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 personality-driven kids, good-looking family, all those things. And, and they go to the primaries and they go to the debates and things like that with him. And eventually he wins. The, he didn't win it in 08, but in 12 he won the uh, uh, Republican uh, um, nomination, lost to Obama. And then you have the debates with Obama. He wins the first debate. But as you watch this, you realize it is, it is you know, you, you've got all these people around you, mm-hmm. but it's still on you. Yeah. And, it, and it is a lonely at times life because you – have to make the decision is that your campaign guy could tell you one thing, your family could tell you one thing, and a lot of people are telling you what you want to hear. Right? At the end of the day, it's your name. It's your name. And, and a lot of people are telling you, boy, you killed it in that debate. And, mm-hmm. and everybody else is going, eh, I don't think it was quite that good. You know? Yeah. And, and you have to make the, you have to be able to have the honesty to say, you know what? I didn't do as well 
as I should have. I'm going to have to change course here. I'm going to have to do these things. But it's a lot more lonely than you ever imagined. You're sitting up in hotel rooms eating, you know, uh, spaghetti and, uh, you know, uh, on a couch because that's what you do because that's what you just want to get something to eat, you know? Yeah, and then, I mean, with all the, you know, all the traveling and all the, yeah, all the traveling and all too. The canvassing and everything. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I, I just, I, I look that's at what's that. kept you out of politics, right? Oh yeah. 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 yeah th- that and the fact that I'm too selfish and don't care what anybody else. Said. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, plus, I mean, there are, if you, if you have certain things in your background, they don't let you run, right? Uh, the, yeah. yeah. It's the skeletons in my closet, Maxie. Yeah. That's really what's yep. got, you know, I, I just, I can't, I can't let people, you know, get into my history. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, and you hear about it, and you, you mentioned that you know Netflix has done a really good job with a lot of their documentaries. I thought they've, you know, for a while, you know, kind of got away from it, but I feel like they've done a really good job with that. But when you said that it was, you know, that he had creative control. I have an issue with those to the point. I, I do too, and I, and I know you're probably not going to get access if you don't give them creative control, right? I mean, right. you're not going to let somebody just run a camera twenty four seven on your life and, and then, then you say spin, do what you want, and then you spin the the, the narrative because it's kind of like what we're now hearing about the last dance with Michael Jordan. We're starting to oh, Jordan had you know creative control or yeah. you know, producer rights. It's like well, no wonder it's going to come off and it's going to paint him in a certain light. It's like absolutely, and, and, and but the, but the the other side of that is well, he's not going to do it unless he gets that. Yeah, so you're never going to get a peek at it's, all. It's the catch twenty two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I've just, I've always had a problem with that because it's like if you want to tell the true unfiltered story. You've got to have an objective crew, but you, then you can't get access, and you can't get access. So yeah, yeah. it's so yeah. I mean it, to me, it's like it's better than nothing because you get some peaks and at least yeah. some understandings, you know. Yeah. And for him, it was a lot about his family and how they stuck together through this, and uh, uh, you know, uh, the other the other part that I thought was really telling was that um, as serious as it was, they didn't take themselves too seriously. They understood mm-hmm. that they could lose, and then they would go back to life as it was, and, and, that, and they accepted that. But it was uh, yeah. So some of the parts were. You know, um, interesting because of the, you know, you go, oh, you know, and, and, and he had a different, he's rich, right? Yeah. So you're going back to, you know, yes, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's not like you were counting on that job. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're doing like, do, like Dr. Oz tonight is finding out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, whatever happens, Dr. Oz is still going to have a boatload of Why money. Why do you think Dr. Phil has never run? Dr. Phil? I don't, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's it's just a lot of a vanity project. To me, is the way that I look at it. I, I don't know if I mean because you know Doctor Phil got famous off of Oprah, so I, I don't know you know really what his qual- hell. I don't know what Doctor Oz's qualifications are. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. I don't, and I don't blame him. I mean, what's anybody's qualifications, right? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that you go, well, if you say, well, they've been the legislator a long time, well, does that make them qualified, or do we want somebody that's uh, not part of the establishment? Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. All right. Well, we know this. When you want to get away from it all, you go to a baseball game, don't you? And that's what we're going to take you next. It's the Twins. <coughs> Excuse me, the Oakland A's. It's Corey, it's Dan, it's Chris, and they're next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.